The Talking Point on SAFM. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Welcome to the third and final hour of the Talking Point here on SFM. The studio numbers, whenever you want to join the conversation as we lead the conversation, is 086-000-2032, the SMS line 41391. Uh, that's 41391 at 152U or WhatsApp 061-410-4107. So let's now speak to James Donald. Right. James Donald is an executive director of the Department of Basic Education's program for entrepreneurship, employability and education. He says that education is an essential part of Freedom Month celebration and celebration. Sorry. And he goes on to say that it's also an important uh, and, and big opportunity to showcase the role it plays in promoting social justice and economic empowerment. The major highlight is entrepreneurship education, which he says is essential not only to shape the mindsets of young people, but also to provide the skills, the knowledge, and the attitude that uh, that is central to developing an entrepreneurial culture. He now joins us on the line to share his thoughts. Donald, I mean, Mr. James Donald, good morning. Morning, KG. Thank you for having me and welcome all. Morning to your listeners too. So let's talk about this DBEE3. What is it? So it's, I mean, if you think yourself, you know, all of us either had children in public schools or or we were in public schools ourselves. And uh, every bright conversation, we talk about um, how schooling needs to change, how we can't be doing what we've been doing for the last 50 years. Or, and, you know, we talk about how the damage we caused by the decisions we made, you know, to split our schools and to underinvest, you know, based on race. So if we could do something today to change things, all of us have a hunch what that might be. Um, And it's something about making school more engaging, making school feel more like real life, challenging children to think for themselves um, and give them support. And so really since 2018, the DBE has been committing to finding ways to put compulsory entrepreneurship education into every school, but to do it in a way that really looks at the science, starts shifting our schools um, in a way that's meaningful you know, for all of us. And and what does it mean for the teachers? Uh, and, and I want to just start with the entrepreneurial part, right? Uh, because uh, th- there's another a- a layer to it. It's entrepreneurial, it's employability, and obviously education. So let's start with the entrepreneurial part. In terms of the teaching part of it, do we have teachers that are skilled and equipped to, you know, to teach that uh, as a subject beyond just the basic ones that get learned as, at school? Yeah, so, I mean, let me, again, make it kind of practical so you can sort of feel what, what, what it's actually like. So mm. there are um, there are around 11,000 schools in the country who are already part of the EQ program in, in some way. <clears throat> and the way that they've been doing it, because teachers get asked to do new things every day, mm. right? So the way that it works is, In primary schools, for example, in the third term, uh, kids have to do projects as a way to get assessed, to get their term mark. Mm -hmm. And usually it's just homework. You know, often it's not particularly meaningful. So so what this program entails is helping teachers make those projects really meaningful and challenging for the learners. Now, in some cases, that's directly tied to entrepreneurship. So, for example, in the EMS subject in grade seven, 
schools can choose to do entrepreneurship days where their learners do their own products and they can get a bit of a flavor of trying to be an entrepreneur and that gets in their term mark. Most schools um, don't do it because it's it's stressful to organize and plan. Uh, also, you have to find a way to you know raise a bit of capital for the kids. If, if they come from poorer backgrounds, you need to find something to do with the money when, when the kids are successful, and they often are. Um, so what's happened is, is some of the provinces have committed to actually making that entrepreneurship project compulsory um, this year. And then what we do is we train those teachers and support them to be able to run it successfully. So, so it doesn't require new skills. It requires a little bit of hand-holding and support because it requires planning. And it requires uh, you know, good communication and understanding and working with the teachers, you know, working with the unions to help them understand this is about them doing you know, what they currently are committed to do. It's not just another, you know, shiny new project to, to participate in. Um, yeah. So, so that's one example, yeah. So how future-focused is it? Uh, because one of the things that you say is that, you know, le- learners aren't gaining the skill set that they require to seamlessly integrate into, you know, business. I ask how future-focused is it? Because we don't always fully know the needs of a business for the future. For example, when COVID happened, it became apparent that we need schools to be very techno-savvy uh, because children mm. are going to have to learn online. And it's something Thing that nobody could have predicted, but it also, uh, you know, uh, showed how, you know, the fourth industrial revolution, which is really largely technology driven, was going to define what business looks like uh, at this time. So I ask how future focused is it? Because we don't always know what the future will need where business is concerned. No, exactly. And that's why, you know, when the program started, I think the thinking was, was around entrepreneurial skills in quite a specific technical sense, you know, how you manage a budget, how you figure out a project. But it's really evolved to realize that the most important thing is that entrepreneurial mindset, you know, and, and children are born with it. You don't teach it. You know? mm. So if you look at a, a four or five-year-old sort of exploring, you know, their persistence and their their openness to asking questions, their comfort with being wrong, mm. it's natural. It's ingrained in us. And, and if anything, formal schooling, you know, unteaches it. So what we need to do is nurture that entrepreneurial mindset, you know, that idea that that I can solve a problem and, and add value, I can help other people. You know, that's why the social justice ties are so tight. Like if you talk to young people about wanting to make a difference or wanting to be an entrepreneur, some of them might talk about, okay, I want to be like, I don't know, Elon Musk or Patrice Mitsepe, mm. but not really. And, and the eyes don't really shine when they talk about that. Talk mm. to them about making a difference, you know, for their younger brother or sister. Talk to them about changing lives for other people and their eyes light up, right? Mm. And that's mm. what an entrepreneurial mindset is. You know, how can I see an opportunity to help others? And that's also this fourth industrial revolution. You know, we talk about catching up with other countries and mm. in some ways you know we already can lead them you know this this idea of ubuntu as being a way of realizing that you know my relationships are, are who shape me you know and, and there's a, a steve beaker quote at the last industrial revolution like in the early 70s where he said our great gift to the world is going to be a, a more human face it's going to be in the field of human relations you know mm. the west gave us an industrial and a military look. And that's what all the science is, you know, using chat GPT, understanding how to code, you know, it's it's not so much about the technical skills. Those are important, mm. but you can learn them and you can learn them faster than you ever could. Um, it's about having a mindset of I can solve a problem and it's about being more human, building relationships. And 
all of our teachers can go back to their roots and connect with the learners in their classroom today. So, That's not a new retraining they need. So how does it uh, unfold? Because school is obviously curriculum-based, right? Uh, because one of the things mm. you talk about uh, is uh, it being driven around projects uh, that, you know, the jobs of the future are really largely going to be, for example, project-driven. Here's the need for this now. I'm going to design a project plan for me to deliver uh, on this specific need. And and I ask that because, you know... Uh, what would a metric who experiences like project-based learning, uh, you know, what? how would they benefit uh, as opposed to a, a matriculant who, uh, you know, follows what the curriculum demands of them? Yeah, so, I mean, if I, if you don't mind, I can share, and I can share it again later, but yeah. the, the DBE has a WhatsApp line. So it's 60 so that's the the teacher connect WhatsApp line. So if you if you WhatsApp the word hi, you can get access to information there. It's directed at teachers, but it's useful for everybody. And in that, you can see, for example, um, how you can do better collaborative learning in your classroom. You know how you can break kids up into groups. So so let's take matrix for example. And understandably, South Africa has a big focus on the matric exam, right? Mm, so mm. actually, our program doesn't work directly with matrics at the moment because we want to make sure that they can focus on that exam because that's the game they're in, right? They need mm. to do well in those exams. But all the science shows, and it's true too, if you look at you know, people you know yourself who does well in matric, something happens in grade 10, 11, or 12 that kind of turns the lights on a little bit. Something mm. happens that makes you start to realize, okay, there's certain things I can't do, but I just can't do them yet. Mm. And often that is, you know, an experience with an uncle who does an interesting job that you start imagining, you know, or um, a weekend that you followed your cousin onto campus at Vitz or UJ. You know, you start imagining yourself in mm. that place. Mm. So, so an example in a trick would be, you know, in life orientation, there are projects in that give you a mark in the first term. Mm. Now, most metrics know those projects are not particularly meaningful. Then you're not going to be assessed or examined on them. So they don't feel real to them, right? But what we're helping the different provinces do is, because each province has quite a lot of autonomy around this, mm. is write that project in a way that's really meaningful. So imagine third week of, of term in matric, your your project this year is is get myself my next step to next year. Those three E's. Am I going to try do a little business on the side? Am I going to try do a side hustle? Am I going to try get into university? I'm going to try get a job. Okay, that's the problem because a project is really just a problem kind of flipped on its head. Mm. What's the problem? I'm scared I'm going to be stuck at home next year. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's the project? What am I going to do next? Um, how do I find out about different things? Who can I talk to? You know, who's done something similar to me? And you start breaking it down, you know, mm. in different ways. So the, the trick is really we use the acronym um, SPECIAL. So it helps teachers kind of think about, okay, project-based learning is useful, but it's, it's really about the intention. You know, how do children learn? Mm. And the science is quite clear. The S is you need to have, um, you know, something that is kind of, very um, engaging mm-hmm. and it needs to be socially interactive, right? You, we learn better with others. There needs to be a purpose for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to be engaged. I need to have a chance to be creative. I need a chance to be a bit iterative, try different things. It needs to be active and then needs to be centered about my learning, you know? So, so then a teacher listening to this call, they can think, okay, what can I do with my matrix this year 
that is a bit more like socially interactive, mm. that is a bit more purpose-driven. Mm. You know, what, what task can I give them? Or even with matrics, you don't even have to give them a task. You can ask them, yeah. what would you be interested in pursuing with your classmates that would be meaningful to you? Mm. Give me some ideas and I'll give you time in class to do it. Not yeah. as homework, but in class. I'll let you work on it for 90 minutes and it'll count, you know, towards your term mark in the first term. Because okay. teachers have some flexibility to do that. They just don't always realize they have that space. Yeah. So I want to talk about its sustainability when I come back from uh, a commercial break. Uh, you know, will it be here in five years' time? Uh, how will, you know, how will it have uh, uh, advanced? What kind of learnings are we expecting to have taken from it? But also, most importantly, uh, what benefit do you ultimately see, let's say, matriculants who take it, you know, who are focused on that this year or these years, what benefit will it be for them in the next five to 10 years time? We will be back after a short commercial break. We're talking to James Donald, Executive Director for the Department of Basic Education's Program for Entrepreneurship, Employability and Education. You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SAFM. 11.24, 11.24, welcome back. Uh, we are having a conversation with James Donald, sorry, Executive Director for the DBE's Programme for Entrepreneurship, Employability and Education. Uh, James, I was asking about uh, the programme sustainability. In five years' time, uh, what are you anticipating for it? Yeah, so I think the, the, um, <clears throat> the way to make these kinds of things sustainable is, is to really have a long-term view around it. What's exciting, as challenging as things are in South Africa, you know, our constitution right in its preamble talks about an education that really will transform the lived experience of all South Africans, right? So, so what the DBE has made a commitment to is that the curriculum really prepares learners for a changing world. And so the EQ program supports teachers and officials to make that happen. So it's not a standalone program, you know, that kind of comes when there's support and funding for it and then disappears. Mm, it's mm. something that's integrated throughout, you know. So a good example of that is the upcoming general education certificate. So this grade nine exam that from around 25, 2025 should be in every school mm. in the country. There's lots of work around making it happen in, in different ways. It's contested as well. But it is exciting because here, for the first time, there'll be a chance to put the same kind of attention we put on the matric exam earlier, you know, when there's enough time for it to make a difference, right? Mm -hmm. And so the pilot this year uh, is in in about a thousand schools are participating in it. And right in that program, this kind of work is centered. So there is a project that all the grade nines will do. It's integrated. The same project gives you your mark for English. You write a business plan. You get a mark for social studies. you, You you interview a local business owner and you you write a little paper about what would their experience have been under apartheid laws, you know, and then you do some math and some technology stuff. But there's already an integrated project that hopefully should be a very different kind of exam experience for learners. It should feel like real life Mm. for the first time. And if we can embed that into the system so that every grade nine knows they're going to do that, there's also an assessment where they get to learn a bit about their own creativity, communication, collaboration. They do some self-assessments. They get to understand their strengths. They do an inclinations test so they, they start understanding how to make subject choices. But you see how if we get that grade nine exam to to really have all these threads pulled through it, it starts signaling to the younger grade teachers, you know, what's important. Because at the moment, our CAPS curriculum does talk about communication and collaboration, mm. but it never measures it. 
you know, yeah. and and even South Africans as adults, you know, I mean, you know, <laughs> in your job with the news every day, South Africans, our ability to collaborate and solve problems is really, really poor, you know, and and uh, the World Economic Forum actually said, you know, we can grow GDP by 10% if we just improve that skill, that ability to collaborate. Mm. So I think by baking it into, you know, and by having conversations like this, by helping parents understand, okay, how do I prepare my children to succeed? Um, I think we really can build it in over the long term. Yeah, I feel like we focused, um, you, you know, in the main in our discussion today on the entrepreneurship part of uh, the program, mm. and and uh, you know we 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 sort of have left out the employability and education part of the program. Do you want to elaborate mm. on that? Because the employability part, to me, uh, I'm not quite clear on. Yeah, so exactly the same. So if you think about. Um, you know, the, the way that you're going to solve problems of, of kind of your life, right? So, so when you're 17 or 18, you try and think, what's my career going to look like? If you have an entrepreneurial mindset from the beginning, it's about like adding value, making a difference in the world. Those kinds of skills are going to make you more attractive to employers in the first place. They're also going to make it more likely for you to find the kind of work that you really want to do because you're going to be sort of kind of understanding yourself a bit better, looking for opportunities, you you likely are not going to just rush headlong to do what you, your parents said you should do or to do the first opportunity that you get. There's going to be a better connection between your sort of identity, purpose, meaning in life and the, and the job that you choose. So lots of evidence that that kind of engagement makes people A, more employable and B, more successful in their work. And then the education part, that lifelong learning, you know, the, the technology changes are, are, are much, much faster than they've ever been. So mm-hmm. like you said, we can't predict what skills we need. So we all need to be lifelong learners, whether that's a degree, whether it's an online course, whether it's even, you know, reading a book. So that's where the education component comes in. Um, and employability is really um, an outcome of the same skill. So um, actually running, successfully running your own business is super challenging and it'll be very very hard for young people directly out of school to be able to become financially sustainable you know they can definitely learn a lot they can definitely supplement their incomes but it's unfair to expect each of them to create jobs you know we want them to be able to look for work and Mm. to find the right jobs and there's a skills mismatch as well Uh, and there's also communication mismatch you know young people just don't know unless they've got the right networks how to to increased opportunities for them to be able to find work. So that's why those three things are quite tightly connected to each other. Um, okay. I hope that helps a bit. Okay. Uh, well, James Donald is Executive Director for the Department of Basic Education's Program for Entrepreneurship, Employability and Education. If you want to ask him a question, uh, you know, as a parent and Elena, if you're home, if, if you're home, you, I don't know why, you should be at school today. Uh, but if you want to ask um, a question uh, that uh, you need further elaboration on, you can call on 086 we're also on the WhatsApp line zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. It's almost eleven thirty one. Gamuhela Teledi is standing by with the news headlines. SAFM one hundred four to one hundred seven nationwide, leading the conversation.
Welcome back. It's 11.32. James Donald is who we've been talking to. He is the executive director of the Department of Basic Education's program for entrepreneurship, employability and education. And, uh, you know, he is saying um, that uh, uh, it's, an, you know, the program is an opportunity to showcase uh, the role uh, that education plays in promoting social justice and economic empowerment. And the major highlight uh, he's saying is entrepreneurship education, which he says is essential, not only to shape the mindsets of young people, but also to provide the skills, the knowledge, the attitude uh, that is needed and that is central to developing an entrepreneurial culture. Uh, You know, one of the things that education in general does is it doesn't see the uniqueness and people, right? Uh, and, and that's what, uh, you know, a curriculum-based system is. Uh, but we know that people are wired differently, uh, you know. How then do you make sure that people's uniqueness, going into a world uh, that they can't predict, um, is is seen to so that they can flourish in the things that they're interested in? Because that's one of the things you highlighted to me earlier on, that uh, interest is about of all things, when you say to the kids, uh, you know, pet, uh, you, do you want to be Petrus Mutsipe? Their eyes don't light up as much as they say, you know, do you want to give your brother a solution for X or Y? So how do you make the program, um, you know, to see the, the differences that exist in the mindsets of the children? Yeah, I mean, that's, I think the, the, it's a real challenge for for teachers, you know, every day, and it's why they really are, you know, the heroes. Even during COVID, you know, the, the healthcare workers made such a difference, and and teachers were the ones really bearing the brunt of it for us as well. You know, um, we know, like as parents, how hard it is for me to answer that question. And I've got two boys, grade two and grade three. You know, mm. how do you answer that question? Lots of noise you know, in your with, house. With <laughs> exactly, exactly, and and it's scary for me to think how am I going to help them, you know, try, you know, answer those questions for themselves mm. over their lives, right? Mm. But the science of learning, you know, there, there's this real consensus over the last twenty years about how children learn and develop, and really, you know, most children, given the right environment of support and and challenge, they will figure out their place in the world, right? They will they will develop their capacities, right? That's sort of the way we wired. Um, and also culturally, we like to support, you know, people to be able to succeed. Mm. Um, but the, the challenge, of course, is, you know, we want to increase the likelihood of them getting the right support at the right time. And that's why South Africa's deep inequality is so unfair, because mm. Mm. the chance of a child, you know, having a chance encounter of, you know, bumping into a family member who's, who's doing something inspiring for them or, or feeling confident enough to ask somebody for help and that person being available the day they need it, you know, that stuff's all directly tied to socioeconomic, mm. you know, um, backgrounds. And, and that, that's why this thing about education being the root out of poverty, it's a little bit, it works the other way around much more powerfully, right? Poverty mm. just really destroys educational outcomes. Mm. But digital technology and those kinds of things, they give us a little bit of more ability to get the child the the individual help they might need. So yeah. to make it just a bit easier for a teacher who's overwhelmed in a rural area to, to be able to really ask a child, what do you need? And think, okay, I know I can send a WhatsApp to this number, someone can help me. Mm. Or I can talk to an SMT member and I can get help rather than just be overwhelmed and shut down because they can't help you know, all 60 of the children in their class. So um, short answer is we support teachers more, really. Yeah. We let teachers do and what And that what support they find is in equal measure for both them. rural and urban areas. 
100%. Yeah, exactly. And and we use digital technology. We don't see it as a solution to everything, but we see it as as almost like an emerging right. Mm. But everybody must be able to get access to information and in a way that makes sense to them. And and we must be focused on doing that um, in, in helping teachers help their learners, you know, solve problems over time and support them, you know, on their journeys. I have some uh, uh, WhatsApp questions for you, uh, James. So I'm going to read them and you can respond. The first one, I've been trying to get an entrepreneurship program running uh, in nearby in a nearby local school in Zagane, but the principals and the school governing bodies say uh, we will interrupt the curriculum. How does an organization partner with uh, James's office to run this program? You can answer that one first, James. Yeah, thanks to Boho already for, you know, obviously being somebody who wants to make a difference and change things. And it's so, you know, it's instinctive to want to involve your local school. I understand it's also challenging, you know, because those those principles are, are swamped and overwhelmed and they need to, you know, protect and defend the time. So so I would really say, I mean, you're more than welcome to reach out to us. Join that that number that I share, that 060-3333, and also info at eq-dbe.org. You're welcome to send an email. Um, the most important thing would be if you have a relationship with the principal uh, is to try and build one and understand what their problems and challenges are. You know, if you go to them and say, I, I have these skills, I have time, I want to make a difference in my community, how can I help you? The outcome might be that you get to run exactly the, the program that you have in mind, you know, but but don't start by going to him or her and saying, I have this program I want to run, you know, start by saying, I have time, I want to help you. Mm. you know? And then if there's a specific kind of skill set you have, like an entrepreneurship program that you want to get started, you know, maybe talk to five or six schools and, and go to the principal, you know, maybe it's a bit of an extra hassle for you to have to find the money to commute or whatever, you know, but, but maybe don't go to that school if the principal just doesn't get it, you know, don't, don't force it. But, but most principals will get it, you know, most teachers will, and, and they have the space to do it. Um, and the curriculum does allow for it, you know, particularly with mm. grade sevens, like I said, there is actually a project for grade sevens, you know, perhaps there's a way to align with the curriculum you know, maybe the principal, you know, doesn't occur to her to, to make that connection, you know, maybe say, you know, do you know that the grade sevens could do this? Do they want to do it? I can help the teacher do it. Mm. And the principal might say, okay, if the teacher's up for it, you can do it. You know, some principals will say, look, you know, unfortunately, I just can't. My district has told me I need to focus on the academics and, and that's fine. But help solve a problem and then you'll find doors will open. But but don't give up to Bohora, really. I'm very inspired by what you're trying to do. And perhaps I should, uh, you know, uh, ask the degree to which you encourage principals to, uh, you know, uh, to look into the program and change whatever outlook they, you know, they, 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 that follows uh, the, 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 you know, the, the rigidity, if you may, of uh, the curriculum. What I'm saying is, to what extent are they allowed the flexibility to look into this or to participate in this, uh, you know, particularly for the needs of their own specific communities? Yeah, so principals have a lot of autonomy, you know, with, with their SGBs, um, but they also have a lot of demands, you know, mm. and, and over time they've learned what systems work. And, you know, it's 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 scary and challenging to, to change the, and the try something you know, timetable, new. for example. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, I would say to principals that the, the most powerful thing that I think you could do to, to start this journey 
is find ways to to allow your teachers to let the kids do group work. Find yeah. ways in school time for them to do collaborative learning. You know, and it's tough in schools because you maybe have a library is the only or library classroom, yeah. the only one that's got tables you can sit sit around, and you know you don't want it to be noisy or, or maybe the teacher's worried. Okay, I'm going to get into trouble if if the HOD hears my grade sevens. You know, really making making a loud noise. But but let find ways to let the teachers the kids work in groups. Mm-hmm. Um, it's harder to plan for, but once it's up and running, it really frees the teachers up. If you have a class of 40, 40 learners, if you can find a way to put them into groups and maybe you've got to try it for, you know, which kids should be together, which ones shouldn't. Once it's working, it frees you up to focus on the kids that need your help. And it really, you know, all the learners are very self-directed. I mean, teachers know this. So, so just feel like, let teachers try something new. Um, and but the, the teachers almost have to earn the right to try something new, you know. So don't start with every teacher because the wheels might come off. But the teachers that you that you trust, let them try something new and give them a bit of breathing space. Because if we want our kids to be entrepreneurial, they need to see teachers being entrepreneurial. You know, teachers are the ones they learn from. They need to see teachers trying new things, you know, yeah. and being and being okay to get things wrong. You know, yeah, guys, yeah. I tried to put you in groups. It really was a mess. Let's try something else. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. uh, you know, it's in the learning uh, that we fix the wrongs that we that we make. So another one uh, for you, James. Good morning, KG, and your guest. This program of the Department of Basic um, Education is super important. In our Grade Seven class, we had entrepreneurship almost. 18 years ago, my inspiration started there, and I have solved many problems through entrepreneurship. Sean Nero in Cape Town. Hmm. Yeah, that gives me goosebumps, Sean. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and, and all of them, if we think about our own school experiences, I'm sure, KG, you have similar ones. It might not have been entrepreneurship. It might have been your choir teacher or your netball coach or whatever. Like, you've, we've all had experiences of where teachers – helped us see things differently and start believing that we could solve problems, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, one of the things that fascinated me when I was reading in preparation for this interview is that the future is going to be largely project-based where employment is concerned. Uh, you know, that, that, that time of somebody saying, I want to work for the same organization for 25 years, be thanked with a watch or, uh, you know, a, a bottle of, of uh, an expensive drink or something after 25 years is, is going. Uh, the future is people to deciding that uh, this project works for me, uh, I'm going to run with it and I'm going to solve it, do it, be done with it. And so it goes and so it goes. Yeah, I think, and even if you do have, uh, you know, even if you are employed for a long time in a similar kind of environment, you know, learning to work in that more iterative kind of loop, you know, trying something, learning from it, trying again, you know, getting better at things. I think is really important, you know, and, and again, understanding your own personality and strengths and skills, you know, some, it's very hard working in teams and working in groups. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, we, we, we also need the people who like to just focus deep on something, you know, and like understand themselves. Um, but also the, the, the thing that South Africans miss in our story, right? South Africa looks, we, we're successful despite apartheid and colonialism. You know, those things held us back terribly. And one of the biggest drivers of South Africa's success, if you look, you know, outside the studio at Joburg, it was how hard it was to get the gold out the ground and how much we had to innovate to make that happen, Mm. you know, in all different sectors, in technology, in the way our unions work, in the way our politics work, you know, we had to innovate to make things work. And the more South Africans 
uh, can focus on innovating and learning how to do something a little bit new, a little bit better, not even with a new technology. Mm-hmm. You know, that innovation is is going to be what drives our our economy, right? That that's kind of like the new gold of this fourth industrial revolution. It's it's the innovation that that our young people are going to make in in solving problems in their communities. You yeah, know? everyone knows the potential of township economies, those kinds of things. I yeah, mean, it, it, there really is a lot of potential there. Um, he has a, a voice note also as uh, the last comment from a listener for you, James. Good day, KG. Brilliant topic on our education. I've always wanted to understand how our education system acknowledges the different kinds of intelligence in people, not just academic but the social, emotional, and um, intellectual intelligence. And I'm excited about this topic because I do realize that it is only until higher education that children begin to navigate and understand their role in life. I'm excited about it. I have connected on WhatsApp. I will follow it. I personally, feel I have broken the code of Bantu education by understanding that I'm on my way to changing and bringing solutions for my community here in Bloemfontein. And there's a lot of problems. This is Nikki Wei from Bloom. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, James, also there's a lot of demand uh, for, uh, uh, you know, for you to share info, uh, any further info that you can uh, on the on the on the program and how uh, school principals particularly can try and and engage your office if they want to. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's uh, 060-060-3333, you know, register there. You, you can say you're a principal. I mean, you'll get direct communications. Uh, we've just recently released the third term uh, project packs for grade um, R to grade 6. Um, and if you have a look, uh, you'll see the links to those. Or if you go to um, learn-ecubed.dbe.org, You'll be able to also do the SACE accredited courses, an introduction to project-based learning course. Um, you can get access to those materials. Um, and yeah, please, please reach out and connect with us. Okay. Uh, any uh, uh, other last words uh, before I let you go? Because I think the contact details is the 0601 and you can repeat it if you want to for our listeners who may have missed it. Yeah, so it's info at eq-dbe.org. That's our email address. And the Teacher Connect to DBE's WhatsApp line is 060-060-3333. And that'll give you um, a sign-on into, uh, you can do online courses and other materials. Um, and really just again to say thank you, you know, to teachers and parents, um, you know, particularly even to the unions, the way that people have been championing giving the teachers the support they need to help each child, I think is really is really gaining momentum. Um, and I mean, none of what I've said, I think is new to any teacher that takes their work seriously. You know, t- teachers, whether they're young or about to retire, you know, they know what learners need. Um, yeah. And I just really want to appreciate them for the work that they put in every day. Um, we know how hard it is to. Yeah. 
to, to be a teacher. Thank you. Thank you, James. James Donald, Executive Director for the DBE's Program for Entrepreneurship, Employability and Education. Uh, the show is designed by Lebo Musou and uh, Kanya Bonani. Keep it SFM at all times. I got a chance to listen just yesterday to the Full Circle with uh, Bridget Masinga. Uh, be there as well this afternoon, Beyond the Headline with Aldrin Sampier. Uh, later, I, 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 uh, I heard his tagazel uh, when he starts the show in the afternoon. I didn't even know he did that, but I found that so fascinating. So keep it SFM at all times. Don't forget the book readings by Lesejo Monama, and the book will be narrated by Karabo Kholing. It's 11.48.